he lit a cigarette. Now, here's the wee baby <gasps> hanging out, right? Yes. And we're all like, do we grab the baby? Do we, what, what do we do? And we're like looking to see what, what's going on. And he takes a little puff of his cigarette and then puts his foot on, on it and he walks back in and he says, hand me the synthesis song. <gasps> Now, the I don't know what that is. It was, doesn't sound good. I know. It was an instrument that was tucked away in the back of the cupboard in the in the labour room, wrapped up, and on, on it was a little sticker that said Synthesis Saw. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we were all like terrified. We'd never even seen what this thing looked like. So somebody opened it up and put it on his table. Hello there, welcome back to The Bleeding Truth. This is Sally McNally. I'm an Irish nurse midwife and I'm here with my daughter Bridget. Hey, so that's me. Welcome back to The Bleeding Truth. If you haven't listened to any of our previous podcasts, this is basically Sally's platform to tell her wild stories from the labor room. She's worked in different places all around the world, such as Saudi Arabia, Ireland, Alaska, and now the US. And she does have some really wild stories to to share from that, but also some personal crazy stories that, you know, I haven't even heard. So I'm excited to hear more more things about you, mom, every time we do these podcasts. And yeah, so tonight, I'm not sure what topic uh, you want to talk about tonight, but give me a little intro on what what you want to chat about. Well, somebody stopped me in the corridor the other day and they said that they had been listening to my podcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they wanted me to talk about breach. Being a nurse midwife, um, I'm trained to deliver babies, right? And that includes breach positions. Um, So a breech baby is a baby that's coming bottom down or feet down instead of head down. Mm. So uh, we don't choose to deliver breeches because there's some um, risks involved. But as a young midwife in Ireland and in Saudi Arabia, of course, I delivered many breeches because it wasn't thought of as an abnormal position or lie for the baby. Uh, So we would just go right ahead and deliver the babies. But here in America, of course, they're very careful. And uh, so if your baby is in a breech position, your doctor, your midwife are most likely going to choose a cesarean section Mm, delivery. It's a bummer. Yeah, it is. It's it's hard for the women because... um, they feel healthy, their baby's healthy. It's just the baby's decided they don't want to try coming out that way. But uh, there is uh, the reason why a C-section might be the choice of uh, delivery is because in a normal delivery, the head comes first, right? Or in the usual deliveries. So the head presents with the widest part at any one time. There's a part of the baby's head that's the widest part of the baby coming through at any one time and if that part can come through then we know that the rest of this baby can come through with the breech delivery we have to wait until the whole body is delivered and then get to the head Mm. part to discover if that baby can come through so in a very very rare cases the head is too big to come through the pelvis and that's called cephalopelvic disproportion, oh, wow. where one is a little bigger than the other. But uh, with the breach, of course, you have to wait to get to that part of the head. Uh, so it can be very dangerous. And I've seen 
the the awful scenario that can come from that, of course, as you can imagine. So does that happen when they're not breech as well? Sometimes the baby's head is just too big to come out? Very rarely, but yes, the answer to that would mm-hmm. be yes, that that can happen. But the baby's still safe mm-hmm. uh, because the baby just didn't come through. And then, you know, over a certain amount of time, the baby's given lots of time and lots of, you know, ways to make the body contract more and um, positioning and all of that. And then if it definitely won't come through, then, of course, the baby will be safe during a cesarean section. Mm -hmm. And that would be the choice. But if you wait uh, for the breach to come through and you get stuck with the head, well, that's a different story. How is that solved? What do you do then? Well, let me tell you the two scenarios that I saw Mm -hmm. in my own lifetime. The first one was, I'm going to tell you the worst story first. Um, And that was a young woman who uh, had a breach uh, delivery at home in her tent in uh, in the desert. She was a Bedouin. Alrighty, so I'm just hopping in here real quick. Sally sometimes jumps right into those stories. So first off, just wanted to say listener discretion is advised. And in this podcast, we are saving the questions until the very end. So stay tuned to hear Sally answer some questions at the end of this podcast. And with that being said, there's also going to be a link in the description if you'd like to ask her a question for a future podcast. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll get back to the story. But this particular lady, uh, she had was having like a delivery at home um but it was a breach that got stuck uh, so the body of the baby came out but the head then she couldn't get that out so it took them like 3 days for some reason or 2 to 3 days for to come to the hospital and of course in that time the poor little baby was dead and the baby was hanging out stuck with the head still in and of course she was in a very distressed state she was infected uh, her body was swollen uh, it was a terrible wow. scenario altogether yeah and the obstetrician had to get if anybody's listening to this and you're pregnant you might not want to listen especially yeah. if you're listener discretion advised to yeah. Sally's stories yeah, yeah. So they had to get these instruments that were actually little skull crushers. They're like little flat um, metallic instruments where they put slid them in each side of the baby's head and and kind of crushed it and then brought it. Oh, my gosh. I know it was really awful. And the poor lady was was, you know, in a terrible state. um, And uh, needed to be hospitalized and IV antibiotics and I know. So, so sad. But uh, so most most breaches will come out. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the thing. Whereas and most babies head down will come out. There's just that really tiny percentage that we don't know until you get to that Mm -hmm. part, either pushing. But it's about usually the head making its way out. So uh, the other scenario that I remember was a delivery at home in Ireland uh, with an old doctor. I'll not give his name, but he was well known in the area where I trained. So how old um, were you during this stage if you're in Ireland? Oh, well, I was a young pupil midwife. So I was probably like 25, Mm. I think maybe 24. That's my age. (laughs) Yeah, I was probably about 25, I'm thinking. 
Uh, yeah, Bridgie. So I was, uh, we were doing deliveries, of course, delivering lots of little Irish babies. Everything was going great. And this day, this baby was breech. And, you know, we were delivering breeches. We were being trained to go out into the world and deliver babies. So we needed to know how to do breeches. And that was many years mm-hmm. ago. So of course, um, it wasn't always a case where you'd have a cesarean section for a breach presentation. Mm. So this day, uh, here comes this breach and the bottom came and the legs came and uh, we were trained to uh, have the baby hang out. Right. So doctor, this doctor was doing the delivery and we were watching and mm-hmm. learning. And from when we could see the hairline, right, the, the maneuvers would move the baby from one side to relieve one shoulder and sweep the arm down in front of the face and then turn the baby and relieve the other shoulder and release the arm in front of the face and down out of the body. And then the whole baby's body was hanging Mm -hmm. out and they used to teach us hands off the breech. So nobody was to touch the baby and the weight of the baby would pull down and bring the baby into a position that was easy to deliver the head. Just gravity. Gravity, exactly. Um, So that's what was happening. And we could see the little baby making like uh, attempts of breathing movements and the head was still in there and it wasn't coming, right? So the doctor then started for the next manoeuvre, which was to lay the baby's body over his arm and put his... um, index finger into onto the baby's tongue or lower jaw and mm. pull down to flex the head and then with the other hand to press the base of the skull forward and that would make the narrowest part of the baby's head come mm. out he tried doing that right and it didn't work it didn't come out and um, we were looking at the clock it's usually like uh, you you want to have the baby delivered maybe one to two minutes after you see the hairline mm-hmm. You might pull down a little bit of the cord so that the baby's getting a little oxygen and you can feel the cord. You can feel it still pulsing and all of these little parts of the delivery are happening there in front of us. But the baby's not coming out. I guess in his in his heart, the doctor knew it was going to be a difficult delivery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this was like many years ago in Ireland. He got up and he walked out the door of the the room. It was a delivery room. And there was a little glass oh, okay. window in the door. And we could see him right outside. And he lit a cigarette. Now, here's the wee baby <gasps> hanging out, right? Yes. And we're all like, do we grab the baby? Do we, what, what do we do? And we're like looking to see what, what's going on. And he takes a little puff of his cigarette and then puts his foot on on it and he walks back in and he says, hand me the synthesis saw. I don't know what that is. It doesn't sound good. I know. It was an instrument that was tucked away in the back of the cupboard in the in the labor room, wrapped up and on on it was a little sticker that said synthesis saw. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were all like terrified. We'd never even seen what this thing looked like. So somebody opened it up and put it on his table. And it was just literally a little saw, a really neat little saw. So he got a scalpel and he just went straight over. And the lady was trying to push her baby out and he was trying to do the maneuvers. And he 
He just said, I have to do this maneuver. And he looked at her and then he went to the work and he just cut the skin and then got a synthesis and went saw, saw, saw. And honestly, I can still hear that poor woman screaming because she was having a, a natural birth. So I know she felt this, but what he was doing was sawing through the cartilage that joins the front of the pubic bone. And it actually gets soft towards the end of the pregnancy. So it's easy enough to saw through it. Um, And it's not bone that he saw through, it was cartilage. And he just didn't stop. He just kept going. And then he, he, once he got all the way through, the pelvis just went pop, pop, and the baby came right out. It was amazing. Wow. It was so amazing. And the baby was fine. The baby started crying and was just But the beautiful. poor woman. Every, the poor woman. Um, she, of course, had to stay with us for like a couple of weeks. Uh, we had bound her, her hips together really tight to bring that cartilage area back together. But her baby was yeah. alive. And I honestly don't think it, the baby would have survived had he not done that. But I often remembered that, you know, and I thought, well, would I have that courage to do that if I was ever stuck in that position? Mm -hmm. And luckily now here in America, I don't ever have to worry about that because uh, all these breach deliveries that are in the hospitals where I work, they're delivered by cesarean section. Gotcha. Okay. so when when it's noticed that the baby is breached with the feet down, right? Feet down or bottom Feet are, down. Oh, okay. Um, is it not something that they can be moved, like, by positioning? Or I know you sometimes do, like, yeah. yoga poses with them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, f- there's a, a group out there. They're wonderful. They're called Spinning Babies. <laughs> and they have a, a few moves that the mother can do every day, maybe a few times a day, to get her baby to, to turn okay. naturally. And that's wonderful for me as a yoga instructor. I get them straight upside down. I put the woman right upside down. I have a yoga wall Um, I can put her in a pelvic swing mm-hmm. and get her upside down or I can get them between two chairs with their head down and their feet up mm-hmm. against the wall. But really, the idea is to uh, get the baby out of the pelvic region and sometimes they don't like this new position that you put them in and they just naturally turn oh, wow. um, so is it something yeah. that's and noticed like weeks in advance or okay so yeah, you can detect yeah. that it's breached with an ultrasound or something yeah the baby usually settles into the position around 33 oh, 34 okay. weeks after that they usually don't change their mind <laughs> they stay in the position <laughs> Uh, and uh, some doctors will actually do an external version where they'll give the lady, bring her into the hospital, give her a medication to relax the uterus and then manually turn the baby. I've been trained to do that also, but we don't do it that mm. often. Um, but we would manually turn the baby, just pushing the baby around the whole abdomen, bringing the baby's head like down. Like with your hand? Um, yeah, wow. with two hands, yeah. One on the bottom and one on the head. Wow. And it's very interesting. Sometimes it works great, and sometimes it works, and the baby then decides, no, I want to go back the oh, other way. Yeah. But there's risks to yeah. all of these, the maneuvers, the turning her upside down, because the baby can get 
tied up in their cord as well if they're doing like big turns mm-hmm. at the end, you know. So you, you should always be able to listen into the baby's heartbeat afterwards and make sure that the baby wasn't bothered by any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there there are some things that the women can do. Um, and now remember, breach is not an unusual thing. It's just it's just that little bit risky. So your doctor is probably going to decide to do a cesarean section because of that risk just to keep you and baby safe yeah and a lot of women don't really understand why what is the big risk but that's it that's it that's Mm -hmm. my bleeding truth what I've observed and even you know if a woman came in and the baby was coming breach and it was a very fast delivery I I think I would remember all my maneuvers um if the baby had to be delivered that way but you know, I I would err on the side of caution too. Mm-hmm. That if I had a choice, I'd rather do the C-section. In that case, yeah, those two stories you referenced were really quite something. I know, poor mm-hmm. babies, but one made it and the other didn't, yeah. just because the the you know where she was in a you know in a tent mm-hmm. uh, in the desert, days away from wow. us, um, versus being right there surrounded by midwives and this very skilled doctor. Mm -hmm. So I think that we should support women's decisions in uh, the type of deliveries they want Mm -hmm. to do. But the women should also, you know, allow us to give them this informed consent to tell them the risks, Mm -hmm. you know, of of what their choices might be. And then they, they have you know, all of their options. Of course, yeah. Um, Do you think that's something that is lacking still? Like fully informed patients? Yeah, I do. I think that there's sometimes I feel like there's a big divide in our um, population. Uh, Women feel like the hospital is a dangerous place instead of the safe place that it's supposed to be, mm. you know. And they hear about all these stories that they were forced into having an epidural or a C-section. Uh, and perhaps they just don't understand the reasoning why they had that, uh, you know, C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also perhaps they weren't prepared properly in their childbirth education to understand that they can say yes and no or that they can ask for certain things, mm, you know. Yeah. I think the more prepared a woman is before she comes in, easier her labor and and her birth experience is going to be. Yeah. That I have a great passion for childbirth education. I I feel that we if we tell the women as much information as they can, including maybe even some of these stories, yeah. you know, that a woman of having a breach, a cesarean section, that these stories might help her feel okay about having a C-section instead of mourning the loss of a vaginal birth. She might feel like, I feel happy now that I know the risks. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I feel too that it, the more education we can get to the women before they go into the labor room the more confidently they can open that door and go in and say I'm here to get my baby and to not feel scared but to feel kind of excited Mm -hmm. and powerful Mm -hmm. and and confident absolutely yeah even if they decide to have a vaginal delivery a vaginal breach delivery that they feel well armed with information and um 
not so it is ultimately their choice unless it's like a at what point does it become your guys's decision because of like a extreme situation or emergency Uh, well you know it's a very litigious kind of uh, place so um, most doctors will say no they won't deliver a breach if they know they, that they advise the patient to have a cesarean. Mm. There are a few doctors, of course, that will deliver breaches. Just, yeah, because it's their, their choice. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, and I kind of miss doing them myself, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. It was it was always kind of exciting. But, you know, having um, seen the risks that that uh, that can happen, I, I'd rather... You know, all babies decide to come head down at this <laughs> just, stage. Just send out a memo to all future babies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Come on, will you? Please. Maybe they need their informed consent before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes we think, you know, maybe the baby has a knowledge in there, in the uterus, that they perhaps were head down for a few weeks and they sensed my head can't get through that pelvis I'm gonna go the other way I'm gonna yeah yeah or their cord is short or there's some little thing that they they know Mm -hmm. they don't want to go that way do you think that there's anything that is correlated to just during the pregnancy at that that age you said it was like 30 weeks or something right where they they stopped turning is it if you kept doing more active things would that keep the baby moving more or well that would be hard to prove right. but in you know when you think about it as the women get more pregnant mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they're some of them are maybe more inclined to lay down more mm-hmm. maybe being more in an upright position might be better if the baby had been head down mm-hmm. to keep them head yeah. down well yoga would probably be one of the best things yeah, that yo- just keep yoga yeah great yeah because it opens up the pelvis it stretches the pelvic floor mm-hmm. it uh it's it's really nice for pregnant women plus we we get to hold our yoga poses and pretend it's a contraction so while while we're tra- training like that uh it's training the mind as well to be okay with the contraction gotcha it's like having a conversation with yourself about the discomfort maybe you feel in your legs when you're holding a pose or Mm -hmm. something but you're okay because you know it's going to end soon and you can breathe and you're in control so it's hypnosis as well as Mm -hmm. yoga yeah the breathing all of it how about we answer some questions. Oh yes, have you got a I've question? got I've got one for you for this for this episode. Okay. So this one is from our friend Karina and Hi she, Karina. <laughs> she wants to know what was it like giving birth after witnessing so many? <laughs> oh wow, I just love that question. <laughs> because uh, it, it's really important to me actually because I had seen all of the things I wanted and all of the things I definitely didn't want <laughs> yeah. to happen. Yeah. Um, so I was a natural birther. I, uh, I I knew going in that I did not want, you know, narcotics or an epidural mm-hmm. um, because of what I'd witnessed. What I felt that the ladies who were doing the natural birth seemed to have a more beautiful experience Mm -hmm. 
not just the beauty of it, but the the nature of it uh, that it really called to me. Mm-hmm. I had the secret uh, in my mind was I was not going to have pain medication. And that's if anybody's listening to this and you're thinking you might want to have a natural birth. That's it right there. That's the secret. You go in saying, I am not going to have pain medication. Instead of a maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it's the maybe that catches you up. Because as soon as the contractions start getting stronger, your mind pops in with, hey, remember, you said maybe. Maybe (laughs) now. So you, you sometimes give in to that. Whereas if you had said to yourself, definitely no way am I going to have pain medication then you're more inclined to go all the way so I I knew that secret going in and I try to teach that to women who come to me and say I really really want a natural birth I always say to them then really really don't have pain medication that's the secret Mm -hmm. and you know also to not fight the labor um, to welcome the labor when mm-hmm. the contractions come to you to welcome it like a friend coming into the uterus to do the work for you. Uh, it's like a, a mysterious, ancient energy that just shows up out of nowhere and it knows what to do. Mm-hmm. So you have to like lay yourself open and ready and accepting and and to really trust mother nature's on your side that what's happening in your body is not you know an evil bad horrible dangerous thing that it's a wonderful opening and a releasing of the best part of you the best part that you've ever made uh, (laughs) this human child Um, so I think when you don't fight the labor uh, then you're going to have not only like an easier it may not be easy but it might be a very exciting union Mm -hmm. union with something ancient in yourself Mm -hmm. and it's called woman it's called you know your inner wild wise one and we all have her she's there all we have to do is trust her And when the labour starts getting stronger and stronger and wilder, release that inner wild one. She'll have, you know, movements and sounds and uh, she'll, you know, maybe not look like her usual neat, well-kept self, (laughs) you know. um, But she's probably going to look more beautiful than she's ever done before. So I I do seriously encourage women who have a, a feeling like that they'd like to be a natural laborer to really go in there thinking I am a natural laborer I mm-hmm. am and I can do this and I did it and I'm so happy I did that oh it was the most beautiful most wonderful thing in the world and I can remember all my endorphins so strong in me and my baby my beautiful Bridget <laughs> she came out and I, I could hear myself shouting I love you I love you Aww. I love you so they were the first words she heard I, I meant to have this beautiful calm Tibetan bells or something in the background but she could hear me shouting how much I love her <laughs> <laughs> I was so wonderful and she was so wide awake so that 
so so not only do you experience your birth when it's natural but your baby experiences their birth can you imagine what that must be like that you know when they come out their senses are all right there and they're full of endorphins Mm -hmm. and uh, they can hear your voice they can look into your (laughs) eyes they can feel you touching their skin they can smell your breast milk it's like the way nature had intended now having said that having pain medication there's nothing wrong of course for that and some women they don't want to experience natural birth so for you I would say go for it girl go get that epidural let's get you comfortable and uh, we'll turn you and make you you know into the best positions that are going to bring that baby down and who cares it's nobody's business Mm-hmm. it's nobody's business and we'll still have a beautiful birth yeah. we'll still have that beautiful birth and the baby will still experience the birth of course um, and it'll be just did as any, beautiful uh, did any nurses try to like encourage you to use pain meds while you were there <laughs> well yes um, I guess you know I was releasing my inner wild one <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like moaning because this low groaning moan comes, you know, and uh, rocking and um, Penny Simpkins. uh, She's a a wise old woman who has this great book out there about labor support. And um, but she she talks about the three oars. The three oars are rocking or rhythmic motion, you know, Mm -hmm. and you, you often see a child rocking themselves. Uh, to console themselves and that shows up in labor a woman often will rock herself um and then relaxation uh when she's coping she's able to relax maybe during the contraction but also in between the contractions and then the third or is that she's has a ritual and that mm. ritual every time she gets a contraction it might be a type of movement or a sound some women tap or click or Mm -hmm. make sounds with their mouth and so I had that I remember having that and that that was really interesting I could remember thinking of Penny Simpkin during contractions maybe Uh, we'll find that book and link it in the description yeah yeah please yeah that's a great idea yeah yeah so what was your like ritual my ritual was my sounds I was making Mm. oh so I think I scared uh, the nurse that was there. Um, I had some great nurses, but one of them, she, she'd she come up and she'd put her head beside mine and she'd say, haven't you suffered enough? <laughs> Trying to encourage me, <laughs> encourage me to have some I feel pain like that's medication. Bad. <laughs> well, I guess she didn't understand. Yeah. And, you know, that's where a birth plan can come in really mm. handy, girls, that you can ask not for anyone to offer you pain medication mm-hmm. you know I was lucky I'd seen so many at that stage that yeah you were ready I was ready to say no no mm-hmm. I don't want any pain medication mm-hmm. but you know I can imagine another mother that d- didn't know that you know here's your nurse saying haven't you suffered enough and uh, mm-hmm. you might think wow maybe maybe this is more suffering than most people and maybe I need to get some pain medication now so it's yeah. about coping. It's about coping in labor and it's about options and it's about, you know, what the woman herself wants. There's no mm-hmm. there's no wrong to having me- pain medication. It's just choices. 
right right yeah no that's interesting <laughs> i know i know you also have some funny stories to do at my birth but we will save those we can okay. save those oh for God. another time <laughs> <laughs> i have your birth on video i know you've made me watch it <laughs> <laughs> oh i just love that let's do it again next year on my birthday <laughs> but um yeah thank you karina for that question yeah, we really thanks, appreciate karina. it we've had some really fantastic questions so far from you guys and we will put another link in the description you can ask sally um anything to do with her stories midwife yoga childbirth education and we'll we'll answer it in one of the future podcasts so thank you that's awesome thank thanks very much for listening, anybody who's listening, I really appreciate it, honestly, because I, I sometimes think, why are you listening? It's just me. I'm just an old Irish midwife telling stories. <laughs> <laughs> but your stories are really, really interesting and you you bring them to life really well. And there's stuff to learn at the same time. You know, if you're if you're pregnant right now or if you are a nurse or if you are a midwife and this is your field of work, there are, you know, things you want to hear about other people's experiences and learn from those and, you know, share whatever knowledge it is that you have. So I think what you're doing is really cool. Thanks a million, Bridget. Thanks a million. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, with that being said, please share uh, the bleeding truth with, you know, anybody that you think that might be interested to hear more of Sally's stories. I'll make sure to put that book in the, the description below and the question forum. And please make sure to give uh, Sally a like and subscribe if you can. Share it with everybody that you know. Thank you very much. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Have a wonderful night. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, or good day if it's the middle of the day for you. <laughs>